Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, Eddie Gross and Joe Ostrowski here with you. And folks, please make sure to check out the 2023 NFL BetQL betting preview. It's the must-have tool for the 2023-24 season. Unlock a world of sportsbook offers that will have you playing smarter, not harder. With more than 10,000 in-depth game-by-game simulations at your fingertips, you will be equipped with unparalleled insights to make informed bets. Whether you're a seasoned better or just getting started, this guide is your ticket to maximizing success in the world of NFL betting. Don't miss out. Grab your copy now when you sign up for a premium subscription and get ready to conquer the odds. Okay, Joe, Shale Kapadia of The Ringer, power-ranked every offense in the NFL as far as how they will perform this upcoming season. And now it's our turn to figure out how to use this information to place more informed bets. And uh, you won't believe who topped the list as far as best offenses go this upcoming season. Mm. The question is, how lazy am I just to assume that the Kansas City Chiefs will go over the win total of 11 and a half and proceed to win the AFC West? Because with Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid, this duo has been absolutely unstoppable. In fact, I would even make the argument that if Pat Mahomes were to miss, say, significant time, maybe not the entire season, but significant time, the Chiefs still have enough things in place to get to 12 wins. They are that much of a juggernaut right now, even though you know the wide receiver position can be a bit of a revolving door, even though the offensive line may not be the best in football, uh, it's still pretty darn good, more than serviceable. It's just one of those things where the culture there is just so strong that it's hard not to see the Chiefs winning at least 12 games, almost no matter what happens. Is it lazy? Is it common sense? And then the argument, the pushback you would get is Patrick Mahomes, he's been injured in the past. What if he misses half a season? Is that, is that the only path to an underbet? On the Chiefs or an under cash. I shouldn't even say bet because why would you why would you bet that? Why would you bet the under eleven and a half? Is that the only one? I think it is. Didn't we learn that last year? Listen, I, I've tried to make my case in the past. Like, look how tough the schedule is. Doesn't matter. You're the best in the world at the most important position in the world. Like it just it doesn't matter. How about this? I've seen this pointed out. And maybe this is something, maybe it's nothing, because like we said. You have Pat Mahomes. I, you know, it's funny. They, they have the, the lid lifter here at the start of the season. And then guess what? They get a week and a half off because they're playing in that opening game at Jacksonville. Um, where's the rough patch? Let's go after the bye week. Week 11. What we're expecting to be a big game, Monday Night Football. They're hosting the Eagles. So do you think it's anything to be concerned about with an over an 11 and a half bet with this? Weeks 12 through 17, in that six-week stretch, they have a rest disadvantage every week against their opponent. Vegas, Green Bay, Buffalo, New England, Vegas again, Cincinnati. Is that reason to be concerned at all? No. No? No. Okay. I'm just trying to come up with something. Right. Um, no, you know, yeah. A for effort, Joe, I, in all seriousness, like, you know, we would all be grasping at strings in this exercise. So, I mean, I'm not making fun of you here. I, I'll find other reasons to make fun of you. But in, in this case, it's like, I, I, 
if that's the best that we can come up with creatively, then no, there's nothing it to is. worry about. And not to mention it is. Vegas, <laughs> you know, Vegas is two of those six. And we're talking about Vegas right. as being potentially one of the worst teams in football against the Chiefs. Like, if you want to say they get off to a slow start, if, say, the spread is something ridiculous, like especially like a first-half spread, okay, fine. But we're talking about winning the game and getting to 11 and a half. I, I, I can't come up with anything, to be honest, uh, barring injury. Even when we talk about variance, which, you know, it makes a mockery of us all, it doesn't seem to affect the Chiefs as far as win total, winning the division, possibly getting the one seed in the AFC or getting a really good seed in the AFC. Uh, you know, Eric Eager uh, did some really interesting work as far as looking at this idea of parity in the NFL, something you referenced in our last segment. And the truth mm -hmm. of the matter is, yeah, there's parity in the NFL, but not at the top. There's a reason why the Patriots had such a long dynasty. And there's a reason why, honestly, we're in the midst of a Chiefs dynasty. Even though it's just two championships and not back-to-back, it's still something where Kansas City has been that much better than everyone else for a long enough period of time. So, yeah, there's parity in the NFL, but it's not at the top. And because of the importance of the quarterback position and the head coach, if they are both stable and really good, then the best continue to be the best. I think I know your answer, but one more before we move on to the rest of this list. Chris uh -huh. Jones still has not shown up. Their best player on defense. Uh, they lost three starters from last year, and we know that's not why they win. They win because of their offense, and, and it didn't stop even after Tyreek Hill went down to South Beach, right? Um, but what if he starts to miss games? He is an impactful player. He doesn't move the line multiple points. We understand that. No defensive player does. But I, I wonder if that could, that could change things, where they – they don't have um, anybody really making sort of a, that, that sort of an impact that Chris Jones can on that side of the ball. If you think of it like a scale, the mm -hmm. start of last season, this was a really young secondary. And at times it showed, but it got better over time because everybody just got older, right? Play more snaps, get more experience, all that stuff. Now the secondary has a little bit more seasoning. And so, yeah, if Chris Jones does miss actual games, it, it does impact things. But I would argue that there are other areas of this defense that's a little bit more shored up now than, say, the start of last season. I still think it's possible that the Chiefs will be doing more, quote-unquote, scouting to start the year, where maybe they underwhelm us a little bit. But the best teams know, that highest of highest echelon teams know, that it's not so much how you start, it's a good bit more how you finish because you are building towards something. You are looking at opponents. You are working on other things instead of just trying to win games because you know you're much better than everyone else. And so in that respect, I don't want to take anything away from Chris Jones, but ultimately he should be there. He eventually will be there. And when he is there, it's when the games really, really count in terms of winning them, getting to that 12-plus, and then being in a good position to make a deep run in the playoffs. All right. I, I agree with you. And, you know, what's funny is uh, these offense rankings in at the ringer, they were taking a look at, okay, Kansas City, they're the favorite for the most points. Second, Philadelphia, they're the second favorite for the most points. Cincinnati, third favorite for the – like, it makes sense. 
until we get to right. five, Ed. Five. Can you get on board with the Jacksonville Jaguars at five? I I can't. I want to get back to the Jaguars uh, in just okay. a bit, uh, if we can. I, so the Eagles are number two, and yeah, points, you know, probably not a surprise they are where they are. But there's something about the Eagles that, Joe, you and I haven't had a chance to talk about, and I figure now would be a great time as, uh, as any time to talk about this. So last season, the Eagles ranked sixth in go rate on fourth down per rbsdm.com, meaning how often they should have gone for it to gain and win probability, things like that. And one of the reasons why the Eagles went for it on fourth down so much and were so effective on fourth down is because of the quarterback sneak, the quarterback push. And I'm Uh curious, and I'm curious what you think about this, Joe, in terms of how much of that was just the Eagles knowing this quote-unquote cheat code and how much of it is something that the rest of the league will adopt. And we will see more of these fourth and short quarterback sneaks because they tend to be oh so effective. Uh, By the way, Philly is a dog in one game this year, Kansas City. (laughs) That's the only game all year. Uh, They they are an underdog. I I felt last year that it was a cheat code and that you, you watch them set up, everybody knows it's coming and there's nothing that you could do. And there, there was a narrative going around the league that people thought there was going to be some sort of a rule change where the Eagles would not be able to do this because it was common thought. Like, this, this is a cheat code. And I, and I was pretty much on board with that. And they were not concerned about uh, using Jalen Hurts in that fashion because it worked again and again and again. So, yeah, I, I would be on that side. That it, it was a bit of a cheat code. Now. Teams are going to go to school. I'm sure they're doing this all offseason. Is there going to be a way for them to stop that play? That's the question, isn't it? I don't know. Uh, maybe it's, I don't know. I, I do think, though, that like Mozzie Smith uh, with the Cowboys, he's someone who could help try and stop this. Uh, I would not be surprised if, say, defensive tackle – uh, becomes a position du jour, so to speak, when it comes to trying to stop this. Because it is an obvious cheat code, and it's something that has to be stymied in some way because all these NFL games, especially divisional games, will come down to these fourth down plays, and you got to do what you got to do to make sure that you get the ball back. So in that respect, yeah, it, it's going to be a challenge, but defenses are working on this. In turn, I think other offenses across the league will be trying to adopt this in some way, shape, or form. And to me, this leads us back to the Jacksonville Jaguars as far as having the fifth highest offense on this list and sort of bucking the trend with which teams are going to score the most points. So am I on board with Jacksonville? The question that you asked earlier. Probably not at five, but are they a top 10 offense Absolutely, they are. And Judah Fortgang, who we had on yesterday from PFF, I thought put it really well when he said, yeah, this Jacksonville offensive line is questionable at best, but you have Trevor Lawrence at quarterback, and he is fantastic when it comes to pocket manipulation. He is an athlete. He does have an arm. He does have a quick throw as well. 
And so even if the pocket starts to collapse, he can get rid of the ball quickly, had one of the faster uh, average times to throw in the second half of last season. And that's when he was most effective. And that's when the Jaguars were most successful. Now you're adding Calvin Ridley to the mix, who I'm on record as saying Jaguars had to get him. If they had the same offense as last year, no, they would be due for regression. And even in that division, uh, things would get mighty, mighty tight. But by adding Calvin Ridley and having Trevor Lawrence's athleticism become more of a focal point, I think, this year, this to me is something where the Jaguars should have one of the more effective offenses going. Maybe it's not at five. There might be a couple of offenses I like a little bit more, but definitely this list is for me, confirmation bias that the Jaguars will be legitimate. I'll tell you, it did put the 20 to one for most points in the league on my radar because they are not a top 10 favorite. And I agree with you that they are top 10 offense. I would not put them at number five, but it certainly did put it on my radar. The 20 to one, should I consider this? I just, the ceiling of those teams at the top though, I just don't know that the Jaguars kid can get in uh, that company, but like 20 to one payout is, is certainly different. Now, something else that I considered, I agree with all your points about the Jaguars this year and people obviously believe uh, that there's going to be a continuation of how um, the second half and how, how the end of the season went for Jacksonville. The number of teams that could be top five offenses, however you want to measure that. And we're, we're not going to do yards per game on this show, but that's how they do the rankings when they set them on, on your lovely stats on NFL.com. Um, yes. Chris. Yeah. Kansas city, Philly, Cincinnati, Buffalo, of course, but just sliding Jacksonville up. I think, I think the point was made here in this piece that there is a long list of teams that could be top five. And Jacksonville is on that list. So, like, just gut reaction. If I go to you, can Dallas be top five? What do you say? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chargers this year with the OC change. Absolutely. Yeah. San Francisco with Shanahan. Another year with Purdy. We have questions, mm-hmm. but yeah, they could be. Um, sure. Detroit. Be. Detroit was last year with a lot of metrics. Could they repeat everything? Everybody's coming back aside from a running back. Um, could Geno Smith be that good again? Maybe. Uh, what about Mike McDaniel? What if we're talking about Jonathan Taylor today going to the Dolphins? Could they be top five? Mm-hmm. Well, some metrics say could say that much of last year they were when Tua was on the field. What about Lamar in this new offense? Could Baltimore be top five? Could the Jets with Aaron Rodgers? Don't you think it's a? Uh, I, I think it's an interesting point that. There's a long list of teams that could be top five this year. Absolutely. No, and I like the way that you put that because I get that there's always optimism every offseason, but this year does feel different because a lot of these offenses that are sort of on that second tier have just made slight tweaks that we all like, and that could bump them up. So more than enough work has been done to make this interesting. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we go off the board and pick up the pieces from the bomb that Joe Ostrowski dropped from the end of our last show. That's right here (laughs) on the BetQL Network.